and I think it was 30 to 50% improvements in open rates and click-through rates, there's a very clear sign uh, with statistical significance that by sending them content um, that was interesting to them or that they self-selected, they were way more interested in, in, in the, the emails we were sending. So that was it was really encouraging and told us we were on the right track. Welcome to the Active Marketer Podcast, where we talk about how to design, automate, and scale your business to the next level using sales and marketing automation. You can find out all the tips, tactics, and techniques you need to get more customers and sell more stuff over at theactivemarketer.com. Now, here's your host, Barry Moore. Hello and welcome to episode 13, Lucky 13 of the Active Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Barry Moore. Welcome back, listener. And one of the things that is a key element of any marketing automation system is being able to segment your audience so that you can design the most relevant message for that particular segment. If you just want to blast out generic emails to everyone, what's going to happen is you're going to get very low engagement rates because you're not giving your customer or your leads the message that they want. So you want to create audience segments and customize the messaging for those segments so that they're getting relevant information for where they are in their current customer journey through your business. And don't think this is just for new lists either. You can do this with a well-established list. So in order to flesh out that concept, uh, I've got a special guest this week with Justin Cook from Empire Flippers. They went through this exercise probably, I guess, about a year ago when they had four or 5,000 people on their list and decided it was time to uh, get a bit more clever and a bit more targeted with their messaging. So they uh, went about segmenting their list. So we've got Justin on to talk about that experience and some of the results they've seen with that. So let's get into this week's interview with Justin Cook from Empire Flippers. I'd like to welcome to the show Justin Cook from the Empire Podcast and EmpireFlippers.com. Welcome, Justin. Thanks, Barry, for having me on. Appreciate it, man. And as I was saying before we uh, before we hit record, it's a bit of a treat for me. Uh, if you, going back a few years when I started my uh, entrepreneurial journey to uh, the online space, I was driving back and forth to work. And I discovered podcasts and started listening to podcasts in the car on the way to the JLB. And the two I started out with were the Lifestyle Business Podcast and you guys over there at uh, was then AdSense Flippers at the top. So it's a real treat to have you on my show now. Come full circle in a few years. I love to hear those stories, man. Like it, it, it reminds me that we're we're doing good work with podcasts. And as you forget, right? You're just putting them out and putting them out. And I'm I'm hoping you'll uh, you'll have some stories from some of your listeners in a couple of years as well. Yeah, very cool, very cool. So I'm excited to have you on the show. Um, for those of you who, for those of those listeners out there who don't necessarily know the Empire Flippers story, you want to give us a bit about what you do over there at Empire Flippers. Yeah, so we started off building small niche sites. We, we had a team of people in the Philippines and, and ran an outsourcing company from there. Um, and we started building these small little sites and they started to make money. So we started to basically sell them as they would kind of come to fruition about a year later or so. We would sell them off and that would kind of fund the growth of creating new and more sites. And, and we were doing that for quite a while. And what we realized is that there's a real industry in terms of buying and selling websites and online businesses that we just started to tap into. And so 
as kind of we developed our company, we started to realize that our biggest opportunity was around the buying and selling space. So we effectively became brokers and we provide an online marketplace for people to buy and sell websites and online businesses. And we started off small with, you know, five, ten thousand dollar purchases. But now you can come to Empire Brokers and buy or sell anything, you know, from five thousand dollars up to five, six hundred thousand dollars. So yeah, we've grown quite a bit in the last couple of years. Yeah, it's been really interesting to follow your journey in 2014 as well uh, via the podcast. And I was listening to your kind of year in review of 2014. Um, and one of the big takeaways for me out of that was the the bit that you guys decided to narrow your focus just to the buying and selling stuff and kind of get rid of all the other stuff. And how does that work out for you? Yeah, so everything, it was funny because we, we, we did a talk and we had a, quite a few conversations about this toward like you know, Q3, Q4 of 2014 and people would ask, well, how's it going? And we're like, I don't know, we're in the middle of it. <laughs> we'll let you know. Um, but like since we've done that, now we're into 2015, we're starting to see some of the rewards or benefits of doing that. Like we had all these side projects, you know, like a, a small theme and we had our original outsourcing company still going and all these things that were kind of distracting us from our core offering our biggest and best value to our customers and for ourselves. And, and we realized these things were just distractions. Like they, they didn't take off a ton of our time, but maybe 5% here, 8% there. And it just, it was keeping us from focusing on what we needed to do. So we decided to, to dump, sell, or give away everything else. And, and it was scary because some of those things were bringing in money. Again, you know, 5% revenue here, 8% there, but money. And, uh, and so dumping those was, was frightening. We actually lost money when we did it. Um, but you know, last, I'd say December so far has been our biggest month. We sold over $300,000 for the websites. We're at just over 200 in January. It looks like February has an opportunity to be, if not our biggest month, the prior second biggest month ever. So we keep having those, you know, this was our biggest month ever moments. And hopefully that continues to 2015. We'll be really happy with that. Very, very cool. Yeah, that's kind of a the catch cry for me this year is focus as well. I'm just trying to trying to get rid of all the distractions and, and focus down on the marketing automation stuff. And um, that's been a real coup for me, even just for the first couple of months of this year. It's been great. The entrepreneurs I know that are that are really successful, you know, they spend several years just doing doing the work in that industry and they don't get, you know, they don't, oh, I'm going to chase after this, you know, little side project. And when you're early on, that's fine, right? You're just getting started. You're kind of chasing after what you think might work. But once you've found something that seems to be working, you just got to put your head down and keep doing the work. It takes, you know, a, a year, a couple of years to be um, considered knowledgeable or professional in that industry online because it takes, it takes time for that to kind of that wave to build up on the internet. And so you have to keep doing the work so that people know you as an expert and, and learn to come to you as, as someone that is an authority in, in, the, in the niche. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, the main reason I wanted to get you on today was um, to talk about uh, segmenting your list. So one of the really great features of any of the marketing automation platforms is your ability to take your list, whether it's 10 people or 10,000 people, and segment those people down into specific segments of the audience that you can talk to in specific ways. Um, so uh, most of the platforms do that with tagging, of course. So you tag people as, as you know, 
this kind of person who's interested in this kind of message. And then you can customize the messaging just for that sub-segment of your list. And I thought you guys had a really great concrete example that a lot of people can relate to with your business because it's kind of quite clear and black and, black and white what your segments are. So I remember a podcast, I, I can't remember how far back it was, but you did it about how you guys were going to take your take your list and break it up um, into segments depending on um, what those people were interested in. So I wanted to get you on to talk a bit about that experience um, and maybe some of the steps that the listeners out there can go through to segment their audience as well. Does that sound good? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'd say in 2013 is kind of like when this all went down in terms of like trying to determine the segments and figure that out, but I'm sure we'll get into that in the show. Yeah, no worries at all. So what what initially led you to the conclusion that you needed to break up your list into segments? So I, I forget how many emails we had on the list. Let's say, you know, mid four figures, you know, five, six thousand people or something on our email list. And and uh we realized that, you know, they had in in some cases competing interests, right? Because you have people that, you know, want to sell sites and their interests and kind of the the content they're gonna need is gonna differ dramatically from people looking to buy sites. Um, if I'm looking to buy sites, I want to get the best deal I can. How can I look for the, you know, um, the underachievers? How can I, you know, how can I get you know, the better deal? Or I'm a seller, I want to sell for maximum value. How do I avoid those problems? And so, you know, it's a different audience. And so, putting out the same content to all seemed like not the best idea. We're not serving our market as well as we could. And so, we realized that it'd be better to give them the content that they're actually asking for or that they actually want. So why not let them, you know, self-select or we call it the choose your own adventure yeah. opt-in. Um, and people can choose the information and the content that they want to get. And we figured ultimately they'd be happier, you know, with the results of that because it's their decision. Very cool. Yep. So that's exactly, and that's exactly what everybody needs to be, needs to be doing with their list. You know, not everybody on the list typically has the same interests or wants to know the same things. So if you're going to help your your customer, your, your leads, your potential customers on their journey towards whatever it is that you're trying to help them with, people are going to be at different stages. They're going to take different steps. You're going to have to customize the messaging for different people if you really want I, to get to resonate. I'd say we're unique in the fact that we have a marketplace. So so we have you know people on both sides of the table or, or both sides of the fence um, here. But I think it applies for people that let's say have one particular product too. So while we segmented out you know buyers and sellers, and initially we had builders in there as well, people that want to build websites from scratch. I think that if you sell a product, um, let's say uh, you know an info product, uh, you may segment it a bit differently. So you may segment it by, you know, prospects, um, you know, suspects, prospects, and customers. So suspects being someone that just signed up to your list, they might have some interest or whatever. You need to kind of nurture that a bit and get them there. Prospects are the ones that, you know, have expressed a buying interest but didn't pull the trigger and it's basically closing the deal. Whereas like a customer, it's, you know, um, additional information. It's, you know, making sure that they understand it and that they're, you know, putting that information into practice. So, you know, they're going to have different needs and interests depending on where they are in your funnel. And so I think that's, a, that's another interesting way to look at it. That's outside. That's not exactly what we do, but um, yeah. I think that's interesting for like an you know, info marketer, for example. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think a lot of people too just forget that, okay, what happens after the purchase? You know, they're, they're just so intently focused on getting someone to buy something that they forget about, all right, what happens after they bought it and the importance of nurturing them afterwards and, and 
in onboarding those people so that they're happy with the product that they got and they're using it to its fullest potential so that they'll go and recommend and refer you to other people as well. You recently had Dan Norris on your show. I yeah. think he's a great, great example of this. Like he's a guy that he had a couple of products, right? And he came out with them and they were, you know, moderately successful or not terribly successful, depending. And uh, but he continued to follow up with people. Like I bought a product from him and it didn't really work for us, but I liked him so much I bought it. But the thing that he did really well was as a content marketer, he kept everyone still engaged. So if you're a previous buyer or whatever, whether it worked or didn't, he continued to engage. And so when he did have something that was of amazing value to his audience, it hit because he'd been keeping in contact with them the whole time. He'd kept that relationship open. I think that's a really important thing to remember. Yeah, absolutely. Dan's great at kind of building that relationship with people and and he's so open with, you know, opening the kimono and telling everybody what's going on as well. You can't help but want to help him out, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so back to your list. So you had like four or 5,000 people and you decided to break that up. So was it, was it two segments initially, three segments, buyers, sellers, and builders? Was that? Yeah. Was, yeah. 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 Three segments initially. So uh, builders, people looking to get started kind of building websites, maybe they're noobs or at least noobs in this particular sense. Uh, buyers, people that have you know expressed interest that building from scratch is is not, they don't have the time to do that necessarily. And so we, we we actually thought about the different avatars these people were. I should I should say that. So the builder is kind of the the noob that's looking to build the site from scratch. They've got more time than money. Uh, you know, maybe they're just getting started on their entrepreneurial career. They want to figure out this whole building websites make money thing. So that's that's the avatar for the builder. The buyer is someone who has more money than time doesn't have the time to really kind of dig in and learn all the details about building a site, but wants to get involved in owning a portfolio of sites, for example. And that's kind of the buyer persona. The seller is someone who has already had some success at building sites, knows how to build established profitable sites, and has either is either just starting to consider or is looking to long-term sell off pieces of their assets on a regular basis for cash flow or to reinvest on their projects. So there, there are three distinct audiences that we wanted to, to attract. Now, there are some crossover. Um, builders often turn into sellers. Sellers are sometimes interested in hearing some of the builder information. Buyers may want to hear from the sell side, and, and, and people were allowed to do that. So they could select the different market segments they wanted to choose, uh, but you know, ultimately we wanted to give them, you know, give them the choice. And so how we did that was, you know, people would come to our website. And we had opt-in boxes, you know, all over. So we had pop-ups. We had them on the about us page, and and we were, back then we were pretty aggressive with our opt-ins. Um, and so people would uh, submit their email address, and then that that's all we would request at first. And then after submitting their email, they'd be redirected to a second page. They would ask for their first name. That would ask them to select their particular interests so that we can send them emails on a regular basis that would be related to their interests. And then they could you know, choose from there, and then they would get their welcome email and the first emails in that sequence. And what did you do with the four or 5,000 people that were already on the list? Yeah, so when we were getting this started, we said, okay, let's get the... Um, let's get it set up on our site where they can do that. Okay, yes, that's working. Yes, they're starting <laughs> to get segment, segmented. Okay, now what did we do with the current subscribers? Well, let's head them up. So you know, we emailed them and basically sent them to the page to fill in their information. And we did this, I believe, a couple of times. I didn't want to be too aggressive about it, but um, we did it a couple of times, getting them to um, 
you know, select a segment. And a pretty high percentage of people did. I forget, you know, it's been a while now, but I forget exactly what it was, but it was pretty high. And, and I know that uh, for new subscribers, like 70 to 80 percent would ultimately select a segment on that second page. So it wasn't too aggressive of an ask. Like people were willing and interested in doing that. Um, so over time, we got many of the people to select a segment, and then we just still did have some that hadn't selected, or the people that initially gave their email and never actually selected from the get-go. Right. So what, did you just put those people on both all three segments? or No. So what they did is there, there's also a segment called the no segment segment. <laughs> uh, so these people would get, uh, they'd be part of our general email. So if we had broadcast emails that would go out, which we still do uh, from time to time, they would get those. Um, and then they would get uh, a sequence or, or they'd be on a segment that would, at first, you know, it's gently asking them to fill out their information. And then it's a little more forcefully asking for them to fill out their information. And then I start goofing around with it. You know, it's like, hey, if you don't want puppies, to die, you're going to click this link and <laughs> fill out this information. And you know, hello, Bueller, are you there? Yeah. Bueller, please, anyone, please let me know. Anyone? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it just got, I got, I took it kind of silly. And I think it was funny because I would sometimes get replies from people that they'd laugh or, or actually be kind of perturbed and say, hey, man, I filled out this information. And it's true. Sometimes the system wouldn't catch that. So they had selected a segment, but they were still on the, <laughs> the no sequence or no segment thing, getting these emails. And they're like, dude, what's going on? I picked. So I'd have to fix that. But I think it was a kind of a funny, playful way to get them to select and, yeah. and get let, let us know their interests. Yeah, very cool. Um, so I know it's on your site now that when you go to sign up, and your new site looks fantastic, by the way. Congrats on that new rebranding. It's fantastic. Thanks, man. Um, I noticed now that I think you, you default them to both. You, you only got two segments now, is that right? Yes, we have a buyer and seller segment, but we also have – I should mention that we're well, we're creating a segment called an investor segment. So it's people, at, you know, at the upper end of our spectrum, you know, the the time versus money spectrum. It's people with tons of money and like zero time or interest in, in doing that. And so that's something we knew that we're working on that we're going to start developing. But the interesting thing about that is that it's not a front end selection. So it's not something that people can select on the front end. It'll be done through subsequent emails in the buyer sequence. Right. So, you know, people are in the buyer sequence and, and they've kind of gone, you know, let's say five or six emails deep and they get one email a week. And then, you know, all of a sudden there, we ask them for a bit more information about themselves. And if they qualify, then they will, you know, be sent an email to be invited to the, the investor sequence. And so I think you can do these like, you know, very inception type sequences within a sequence. Um, that that I, I think this is kind of some higher level stuff. Initially, you just need the sequences <laughs> overall, but but you can start to to segment it down even further. So our buyers may have like the you know hundred thousand dollar plus website buyers, the fifty to hundred thousand dollar buyers, and, and we're starting to get into that. We need to segment them by you know um, price range. Yeah, you can go crazy with all the uh, all the different sequences, which put you on this sequence, and you have to go to Andre Chaperone's uh, secret ninja camp in the Himalayas to learn all the uh, the Inception type sequences. <laughs> I also do uh, like so. So they're the sequences, and then sometimes if it's something we haven't really developed and we don't have a full plan for, I won't put them on a sequence, but I'll tag them. Yeah. So I have some people that are tagged in outsourcing. Which just means that they have an interest in offshore 
work, you know, whether that's virtual assistants or setting up teams offshore. So if I have something of particular interest, I can just shoot those people an email because they've said that they were interested in that topic. I have um, uh, a special interest for you know, entrepreneurship. I have, you know, so there's these special tags that I have where I can shoot people an email. They're not in a sequence per se, but I, I know what they're kind of interested in. And if I find something particularly interesting that I want to send to them, I can send it just to them. Yeah, I, we call them topic tags. So you can you can put a topic tag on someone so that you know that they have a specific interest in whatever. So if you want to do a uh, a specific mail out to people with that interest, you could do that as well. Yeah, that's right. Now there are, oh, there, I will say this though, there are, um, some defaults. So, uh, VR Facebook marketing, right? We, we promote what we call the valuation tool, which is, you know, it's a tool people can use a web app that people can use to fill in some information about their site and get a valuation plus analysis on what uh, they can do to improve their site, uh, their site's value in particular. And so the Facebook ads we have for that, and then they, they ultimately give their email when they fill out the valuation tool, they are automatically tagged as a seller. Right. And that's because they've expressed interest. They have a site. They want to know how much that site's worth. So there are some like auto default selections. Uh, we have some Facebook buyer marketing that's going out where they're automatically tagged as a buyer. So we do have some defaults. Uh, where they're pre, you know, based based on their the way they wrote they raise their hand, uh, they're pre-selected for a particular segment. Right. Yeah. All right. So going back to those original two segments, you know, you broke it up into buyers and sellers, essentially, and builders as well. But um, let's talk buyers and sellers for a minute. And so, how did you go about customizing the messaging for each segment? And was that did that end up being a good thing, or was it more of a headache because now you're you're creating twice the messaging that you were before? Oh, it's more work. That's yeah. for sure. So, uh, you know, I'd want to really, I think it's important to take some time to really plan out uh, both what that avatar is, what that person is, your your perfect customer in that sequence or in that segment is, and then to plan out exactly how many you need. Because if you're doing it for, let's say, eight segments from the get-go, that's that's aggressive. And you're going to have a whole bunch of different segments and emails that you have to, to write, and it can get messy. Um, so, when we did it, we planned out, we had a whole bunch of uh, my uh, marketing guy and I sat down and, and and we planned out kind of like what kind of content do we want to share. And we just brainstormed maybe, let's say for, for sellers, for example, 20 different topics that, that we know that they'd be interested in, that they've expressed interest in. Um, and we started just slashing some of those and, and rearranging them into the order we thought might be best. And so, you know, once we had a nice little list of, I think, t- about 10, 11 emails, um, we then created, uh, you know, wrote the emails up and created some open loops where, you know, where we're finishing one email, we open the question as to, you know, what we're going to be discussing in the next week or in the next email. So to keep people kind of interested and know kind of what's coming next and anticipate what's coming next, we create these open loops so that the sequences are consistent. Very cool. Very cool. This is actually, it's funny you're, we're talking about this today because this was, I think, the last time we've actually reviewed these. I've made tweaks to it, but last time we fully reviewed these has been, I think, a year or potentially more. So it's actually time to uh, to go back through these sequences and and, and reassess. Like, are, are these, you know, they were great when we set them up. We had a particular plan for doing it. Do they still apply today right, with where yeah. we're at? And so, yeah, I think I need to do that in the next month or two. Yeah, you absolutely have to go revisit them from time to time and 
and one test if your hypothesis was right based on the interaction engagement with that sequence and then two make sure it's it's still relevant there yeah we use an editor so i use an editor uh her name's Alyssa Doucette, um and she uh, edits all you know a bunch of my blog posts um some of our email definitely these email sequences before we'd sent them out and kind of helped us clean that up a bit but there are actual and that's just because i wanted to do it and i just wanted her editing uh, but there are people you can you can hire to do this like uh um Drop Dead Copy, uh, John McIntyre yeah. over there does the email sequences. I know a guy in Vietnam, uh, his name is JD, and he does email sequences. I'm actually gonna we're we're talking to him about hiring him for some some uh, you know sequence adjustments. So there are people if you kind of want a more hands off approach, you can you can pay to do that if you don't want to get in the nitty gritty of the, the sequencing. Um, and they can they'll help like you know write the emails in your voice and make sure they're speaking to your audience as long as you are the one sharing with them the avatar, the customer that you're trying to speak to and, and you know, send content to. Yeah. And, and so do you have like an ongoing nurture sequence for each one of those segments or, or do you just kind of, or they, is it more ad hoc? You know, I know you've got for the buyers, you've got a kind of, you know, weekly, here's the, here's the latest sites for sale kind of thing, but there's that ongoing messaging isn't necessarily automated. It's more ad hoc. Yes. So uh, every Monday we send out uh, an email with new website listings for sale. And so sometimes I'll go just to buyers. Sometimes I just send it to everyone. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's like, look, you know, I, I want to make sure because there are people that maybe they selected buyer, but you know, they selected seller back in the day, but they actually are interested in buying too. I want to make sure they're still getting that. So so it, it just depends. I'll randomly, you know, swap it up. But um, yeah, I'll send out that that email every Monday. And Mondays are reserved for um, broadcast emails. So if I need to send out an email to a larger group, that's done on Mondays because none of the sequences go out on Mondays. Right. So all of our sequences are Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. Uh, I've left Fridays open as well, I believe. So all of our sequence go out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I don't want to double up on the emails. I'll send my broadcasts on Monday. Yeah, very good. And so once you broke that up and, and you had those sequences for each of the segments, uh, what were kind of the results? What are the Was there an obvious bump in engagement right now that the messaging was designed specifically for that segment? Yes, uh, I forget what it was, but it was pretty significant. Um, it was not quite fifty percent. I think it was thirty to fifty percent improvements in open rates and click through rates. Um, so there was a there's a very clear sign uh, with statistical significance that by sending them content um, that was interesting to them and that they self selected, they were way more interested in, in, in the, the emails we were sending. So that was it was really encouraging and told us we were on the right track. We tried it for a couple of months and it was it was really really good. Um, in general, our our open rates, especially with our list as wide ranging as it is, are, are pretty good for our sequences. We're, we're not between forty and fifty percent open rates, um, even like five, six, seven uh, emails in. So it, it's it's pretty good for you know the size of our list, which is. About eighteen thousand today. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so I, you know, I always think it's quite obvious that you need to be doing this kind of segmenting of your audience and, and customizing of the messaging that's going to each of those segments. But I think intuitively most people know that. But what do you think stops people from doing it? Is just the inertia that 
oh, that's just more work I have to do? Or, or do you just think they don't know where to get started? Uh, yeah, I think it's a hassle, yeah. right? I mean, it's a real hassle. Like, how do I, you know, how do I make sure they're able to to self-select? And and to be honest, it was a bit of a hassle setting that up. Like, that wasn't uh, native for Ontoport, the choose your own adventure. And maybe there was an easier way to do it, and we just didn't know. But we had to really fumble through it, and, and it took us some time to figure that out and make sure it worked. So, I, yeah, I think I think it's just that you know people go, oh my god. So if I segment into three segments. I'm writing three sequences. Like that seems worse. <laughs> seems worse to me. Yeah. Right. I mean, it does. It does seem worse. But but what I think is worse is is if you have an email list and you have people with significantly different interests and you're trying to treat them all the same. Right. So if you're you're treating them all the same, they're going to get your emails and go, ah, that one wasn't for me. You know, I I hope you send something soon that feels like it's me. Do you know what I mean? And, and so yeah. like. You don't want people on your list that way, right? You don't want people to have like a you know like lose engagement with you simply because you're not speaking their language. Exactly. I was uh, when I I interviewed James Schramko a few weeks ago, and he was saying, you know, his kind of metric or his kind of philosophy is that the reader has to be better off for having read that email. And if the messaging is going out for one segment, but you send it to everybody and somebody who's got a different interest, you know, if you're selling it to all your sellers and and a buyer's receiving it and they're going, well, this doesn't have anything to do with me. They're not, they're no better off for reading that email than you probably shouldn't have sent it to them in the first place. Yeah. I like that. And I think the best way to, to make them better off is to send them content that's particularly relating to them, right? If you're not doing that and you're sending it out kind of generally, it's, it's just really hard to have that kind of an effect on, on the highest amount of people. Whereas if you're specific, it's easier. One of the things James does, which is interesting, I, I stole from him was the, uh, um, getting people to reply saying, Hey, you know, you reply to me, you're going to get me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and so I would get, so some of those emails would, um, would mention that more than others. And so I get replies from people and, and we'd have email conversations back and forth and, and, uh, you know, it just let them know that, look, I, I'm a real person, like we're really here and, you know, we can have these conversations and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's one-on-one isn't terribly scalable, but definitely starting off, I think it, it, there was a ton of value there. And, and my mindset in terms of, you know, running marketing for empire flippers is that I want to move people down the value funnel. Right. So maybe they start off and they're kind of a, re- you know, a, a casual reader or casual podcast listener. I want to move them down to a regular reader, a regular listener. I want to move them down to, you know, uh, an engaged reader, a listener, a fan, a super fan. So whatever I can do, even a one to one email, uh, if I can move them down that value chain, I'm, I'm scoring, you know, fans and super fans, which is ultimately our, where I want our customers to be. Well, I'll tell you what, firsthand, that it actually worked on me. I remember years and years ago, um, I got one of those emails from you guys because I was on your list. And I was still on your list. but um, And it was one of those, you know, just hit reply. We were reading reply to every email. So I actually sent a question to your partner, Joe, and he actually responded. I was like, holy shit, it is actually Joe. And he was actually <laughs> responding. And it was quite clearly from him. It wasn't like it had been written by a VA or something. Yeah. And he was answering a question I'd ask him. And I was like, wow, you know. Not only is that really cool that you you can get a, a response from these guys, but um, you know, as as a marketing tactic, it clearly works. You know, I've been on your list for years now. I, I think I think that's that's a, a real. Uh, it's a great way for you to um, beat your competition, especially if your competition are like these larger, monstrous organizations that are nameless and faceless. Like, use that 
you know, small scrappiness to your advantage, right? Like you, you have an advantage over them because you can directly connect with your customers. They just, they would love to do that, but they just can't do it at scale or feel like they can't do it at scale. And you can. And so I think if you're able to get, you know, you have 30 customers, 40 customers, who cares? Connect with those people and build relationships because, you know, those are going to be your customers in the future. Those are going to be the people that tell other people about your products and services and, and really help you grow your business. Absolutely, absolutely. And the other thing it does for you, I, was, I can't remember who was saying this, but I was listening to somebody else on one of the other podcasts, and um, they were saying if you can get somebody to respond twice, that that's kind of a Google metric to move you off that promotions tab and into their primary box. You know, so oh, you, that's interesting. If you yeah. send somebody an email and you say, hi, just, re- just hit reply and let me know what you're thinking, and they do that, and then you get them to do it a second time, uh, then Google will kind of say, well, oh, I see, well, you know, so-and-so is, is interacting with the email from Justin. So we'll move Justin off the primary tab to the, to the, I mean, off the promotions tab onto the primary tab. I don't know if that works, but that was one of the other experienced email marketers was telling, was saying. I, I've, I've heard some, some email marks. I think I've actually seen this in my email too, where someone asked you specifically to give you the steps to, you know, all through to not be, you know, to take them out of the promotions tab. And I, I haven't actually ever done that with our email list, but there's, there maybe there's some value in that is just straight up asking them, like, send them <laughs> especially when they're early on, yeah. like maybe in one of the first couple of emails, oh, hey, by the way, I just want to make sure you don't miss any uh, great content I've got coming to you. Please go do this, this, and this. And, and maybe that wouldn't, you know, increase your engagement rate by getting them out of the, uh, the you know, the crappy, the crappy tabs. I saw I saw a brilliant, if not a little bit slimy, tactic the other day. Uh, so I signed up for someone's list, and the the first email that came back from the list was, "Oh, this is just a test to see if you're on the list. Can you just hit reply and let me know if you got this?" And I was like, "Oh, that's brilliant!" Yeah. <laughs> like how many people would go? Oh, yeah, I got it. You know, when it's quite clearly coming from some automation or something. Yeah, 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 crazy. Um, all right. Well, cool. We might start wrapping this up. So, so just based on your experience, Justin, uh, what do you think is probably the best way for people to get started if they're going to segment their list? Uh, one of the best ways to get start the segment is to first off think about the different types of avatars or, or what stage people are in in terms of engagement with you. Are they brand new, need more information? Are they uh, been with you a bit? You know, looking toward, you know, looking forward to making a purchase. Are they actual customers? Then you can start to figure out exactly who those people are and what their needs are. Start, scra- you know, uh, crafting some content to help them, and and then you know, basically implement it. Um, if you're like me, you know, they may have just different interests from the get go. So they may be, you know, buyers or sellers, and, and that's another way to think about it. So you can either think about it as a funnel. Or is about different target mo- uh, ar- target audiences in your wider audience, and then sending them content about that. Uh, and even if you want to get super sexy about it, you could even go uh, kind of the way you did. We can go right, we'll create an avatar for each one of my kind of customer types. But then, yes. But then move that avatar. So that's one level of segmenting. But then, if you move that avatar from newbie to kind of closer to your list to paying customer, like you said. So not only do you have the avatar, but the avatar moves up and down the funnel as well. Yes, you can, absolutely. You can have, but now you're getting into this super Andre, <laughs> Andre Sepran sequence within a sequence within a sequence. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Justin, I really appreciate you coming on. It's been a treat for me, and I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story about how you segmented your list. Um, and 
congratulations on all the success you've had this year with uh, the rebranding and the refocus on Empire Flippers. It's been a, a nice journey to watch. Well, thanks, Barry. Really appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on, and I wish all of your listeners the best of luck in their businesses. And apart from Empire Flippers, where's a good place people can get in touch with you if they want to learn more? Uh, just empireflippers.com, and you know I'm on Twitter, so check us out at Empire Flippers, and I'll, I'll tweet you back. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Justin. I really appreciate it. It was a great episode, and, uh, and uh, all continued success for you guys over there, uh, you and Joe over at Empire Flippers. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, man. Some really great advice there from Justin, and I want to thank him for coming on the show and sharing their experience on segmenting their list and some of the results they've had and how uh, you guys can get started segmenting your list as well. You can find all the links we mentioned over at the show notes. Those are going to be available on theactivemarketer.com forward slash empire flippers. So we'll see you next time. We're back with uh, hopefully another Tactical 20 podcast uh, with some nice tricks you can do with, with Active Campaign and probably with uh, any of your marketing automation systems as well. So we'll see you again next week. In the meantime, get out there and design, automate, and scale your business to the next level. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Active Marketer Podcast. You can find the show notes and all the latest marketing automation news over at theactivemarketer.com.